This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 72 degrees at 9.04. The forecast for today, we have a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, partly sunny and a high near 90. New York State Electric and Gas this morning still assessing when power might be restored to hundreds of customers in the region. Shenango County is where most of the problem is with no firm time for power restoration. Customers that spent a hot night without electricity in Tioga County may expect their power back on this afternoon. Strong storms swept through the region shortly after 2 p.m. yesterday and at one point had interrupted power to over 5,000 customers in the Southern Tiers NYSEG service area. As of today, the NYSEG electricity outage website reports a total of 2,314 2, customers in the entire NYSEG service area still without power. Individual breakdowns of communities had NYSEG reporting it was assessing the situation still in communities in Shenango County, meaning there was no immediate estimate as to when the power might be restored. At 8.50... The 335 customers in Shenango County, the majority of those in the town of Guilford, the rest in the town of Bainbridge, were still without service. Tioga County, 214 customers, including those in Barton and town of Tioga, the village of Owego, being told they might not have power on until about 2 this afternoon. A driver is recovering after having to be rescued from under a garbage truck in Delaware County. According to the Bovina Fire and Emergency Medical Services posting on social media, responders were called with a report of a crash and a person pinned under a refuse transportation vehicle this week. New York State Police officer reported the incident after coming up on the scene. Bovina Fire and EMS says rescuers used a road grader from the town of Andes to stabilize the garbage truck during the extraction process. They had to dig out dirt under the vehicle to make it possible to get the person out. No information has been provided regarding the identity of the driver or their current condition. WMBF First News Time, 906. With Pennsylvania's high school football season starting on Monday, some northern tier seniors don't know if they will have a final year of play in their district and in another district or at all. The Sayre Area School District informed the parents of football players on Wednesday that the varsity season was canceled. There were only 26 students signed up to play either junior or varsity football, and nine of those were seniors. Officials cited safety concerns with so many players inexperienced at playing at the varsity level when making their decision. The parents reacted with a proposed cooperative program with the neighboring Athens School District, and an emergency Sayre School Board meeting was held last night. After a heated debate for almost two hours, the board agreed to offer that proposal to Athens. It is far from meaning that the Sayre athletes are going to be able to play, however. Any co-op has to not only be approved by the Athens School Board, which is said to be planning to meet in upcoming weeks, but also has to be approved by the Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic Association. And again, the football season starts on Monday. PIAA rules require both the JV and varsity teams must be part of a co-op, even though Sayre has enough players 
to field a JV team. Some parents are still concerned about issues like transportation for underclassmen players who do not have cars. The band and cheer squads would not be co-opted since they function separately from the football program. But a proposal from the parents and SARE explores making halftime longer to allow the bands from both districts to be able to perform. WMBF News Time 908. Residents can now text to be able to get information from the 211 Susquehanna River Region Information Service. The United Way of Broome County and Susquehanna River 211 have announced the new service allowing residents to text their zip code to TXT211, that's 898211, to be immediately connected with an information and referral specialist. The 211 Susquehanna River Region text line can offer immediate help for people who are dealing with mental health issues, drug addiction, family violence, or any situation that overwhelms their ability to cope. It's available Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. The texting option can be a big help for people who may have communication difficulties when they use the telephone. That could include people who are hard to understand due to an accent or speech challenges. Talking on a phone to seek help can also in some cases be intimidating or may not be private enough in certain circumstances. For more information about the service, you can, of course, call 211. You can also visit www.helpme211.org. The regular telephone 211 service is available, by the way, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. WMBF Newstime 909. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, partly sunny today, a 30% chance of showers, maybe some thunderstorms moving in by midday, a high in the upper 80s to around 90. Tonight, we have some clouds around the area, mostly cloudy skies, with a 60% chance of showers, possibly a thunderstorm that might impact any chance at a balloon launch tonight for Speedy Fest. The low tonight in the upper 60s. Tomorrow, another sunny and hot day, partly sunny skies, a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Heat index values could be as high as 97, with a daytime high reaching near 90. For Sunday, a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms, otherwise mostly sunny and hot, a high in the low to mid-90s. Monday, mostly sunny and hot, a 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms, a high in the low 90s. And Tuesday, partly sunny, 60% chance of mainly afternoon showers and a high only in the mid 80s. Currently, it's 72 in Binghamton. It's 11 past 9, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. It's Friday morning, and the people at the Miller Auto Team are ready to serve you. Folks at Miller Motors are going to be busy today. Red Hot Deals, I bet. We're joined now by Jason Denton. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. How are you and your colleagues doing? Uh, hanging in there. It's been uh, been pretty hot the last couple of days, but uh, you know what? I get especially. Excuse me. I guess it's better than snow. We'll go that route. <laughs> well, you don't have to shovel forty five inches of humidity. You might have to stay inside the air conditioned showroom as much as possible. But at least when you want to go 
drive someplace from the showroom, maybe for lunch or something else. You don't have to worry about getting stuck in a bank of humidity. Yeah, exactly. No worrying about snow right now. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing. It's hot, but like you mentioned, you know, the air conditioning, we have a, you know, two big showrooms with our Hyundai and Honda showrooms and fully air conditioned inside. And obviously we'll pull cars up and uh, have them running and get the air conditioning going inside before you go out and take your test drive. And uh, speaking of test drives, and we're a little light on cars right now, but we just got a couple shipments in and we're uh, looking forward to a big month this month. Um, we had a huge month in July. Uh, delivered about over 60 Hyundais, um, brand new Hyundais, that is. And we're looking to do the same in August. It looks like right now we're on track to to have about 65 to 70 Hyundais delivered to us this month, which is uh, the two biggest months in a row for quite some time now. I mean, I know it's been a struggle with new car inventory, but uh, it looks like Hyundai's really uh, pushing to get these vehicles out to the dealerships. Uh, we've got a great selection coming in this month. Um, if you don't see it on the lot, make sure you stop in and talk to us because just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not available. We have a lot of cars coming in daily, weekly, and, you know, over the next couple months, we know what we have coming. So we can sit down and talk to you about exactly what equipment you're looking for. And, you know, hopefully we have exactly what you've got or what you want. And if not, hopefully we have something close. So, like I said, the best inventory we've had in the last, uh, probably in the last year, um, coming in this month. And, of course, what we delivered last month, we had a great July and, and looking to do the same this month in August. And you'll be doing business till 6 today and tomorrow 9 to 4? Uh, that's correct. Here till 6 and tomorrow till 4. Jason Denton, Hyundai sales manager for the Miller Auto Team, Miller Motors on the Parkway and Vessel, directly across from Binghamton University. Jason, have a great day, and I hope your colleagues enjoy the day and also have a chance to relax this weekend. Ah, of course we will, and you too, Bob. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Listening to News Radio, WNBF, 1290 AM, 92.1 FM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. And I'm Bob Joseph. Today is Friday. It is always the best program of the week. Of course, the other programs are excellent as well. Friday, we give it a little extra oomph right before the weekend. 607-772-1290 is the number. If you'd like to discuss the issues, email address is bob at wnbf.com. And we'll get to your calls in a moment. First, though, we're joined by Michael Marinaccio, the town of Dickinson supervisor. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I am well. It's good to have you with us on the program. Yeah, um, it's good to be back. Yeah, been a it's been, been a while. Been yeah, a while. Maybe too long. Yeah, we'll rectify that. I think, uh, let's face it, with all the, the great towns around here, there's a lot of news that sometimes doesn't get covered, and that's why it's helpful when we have town supervisors on or mayors or even the county executive, I, I think giving people the information of what's going on here in the southern tier is uh, is one of our most critical missions. Oh, I, uh, absolutely. I mean, you, you need to be transparent and you need to keep people informed as to what's going on, at least most of the time. Well, yes, at least most of the time. Can't tell, everybody, the time. Can't, can't tell everybody everything all the time. <laughs> 
Anyway. That's very true. The first thing uh, that I noticed, and, and you, if I'm not mistaken, you are now the king of the roundabouts. You, you <laughs> in Broome County, is this true or not? You now have, you now control as though you control them. You now have uh, two roundabouts in, in your community, the town of Dickinson. I don't believe any other community in the tri-state area has as many roundabouts. No, um, we are the first two roundabout town, and uh, and I love them. <laughs> I, I, I really love them. I've, I've gone around them just to go around them, you know, to see how, they're, how they are. Uh, the first one, of course, was opened uh, uh, a while back, and then the second one was opened the other night. And um, it's I think it's great that traffic is moving slowly. Uh, for some folks, it might be a little bit of a learning process. Just take your time. Um, you really can't speed around those, though some people will try. Um, it's not a good idea to, uh, to do that. But uh, I, I will say this, Bob, that the, the contractor, and uh, the New York State DOT did a really good job. They kept us informed as to the progress. Uh, as you may know, when they were uh, taking down the old bridge, there was a lot of noise that was being done at night. Really had no choice but to do it late at night. I did get some complaints about that. I could hear it, you know, at my house. I turned the air conditioners on and earplugs for about a week. But all in all, I think that they did a marvelous job with the construction and the the design of the the two roundabouts. Yeah, I was. Uh, I I think I missed the official opening of the roundabout by about thirty minutes on Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> I was there at five twenty, and they were busy. The contractors, uh, various people, still doing work. They were even putting the the line markings or lane markings uh, on the roadway as late as 520 and I left and I thought well they still have more to do they probably won't get this open till maybe late tonight or early Thursday morning well it turns out according to uh, Scott Cook with the DOT he got an email from the engineer in charge of the project that it was open at 5:58 p.m. so I, I missed it by minutes but uh, yeah that's exactly right yeah that's exactly right yeah yeah, yeah I, I actually <laughs> I had planned, I was hoping to get an exact time, and I, I actually wanted to go over there. As you know, it's not too far from where I live. And, you know, just to watch and see how it goes. And, uh, you know, there was more to do than, than just reopening or opening the traffic circle. There were signs that they had to take down. There were signs on Front Street, uh, warning signs and information signs and up on the highway. So there was a lot to do, and it was all being done simultaneously. Uh, and then last but not least was striping the road. And um, so I missed the, the, the grand opening, if, if you want to call it that. Yeah. But, well, that's, uh, I've been around it a few times now. Yeah, <laughs> I as have I. I. I went yesterday morning before I came in here to the station just to observe in case I received calls from people making any observations. I wanted to have my, my own first-hand experience. Now, what Scott Cook has told us, uh, although the roundabout, the second roundabout, was opened, uh, mm -hmm. actually uh, ahead of the, the deadline. They wanted to have it open Thursday, so everybody would be uh, set for today's opening of Speedy fast sure. um scott cook says well the uh, pedestrian bike path still will have to be completed and the tie into old front street will be completed and uh some of the reconstruction of the uh, route 11 
bridge or route 11 south of the bridge will still go on they also will be working to upgrade the traffic signals and pedestrian crossings at bevere street um the rest is basically aesthetics landscaping minor signage uh, he says so there'll be some activity out there into the fall but no detours or closures so yeah, the landscaping, uh, obviously, it's important, and that'll all be taken care of because most of the landscaping that's on the north side of the traffic circle is the, the area that uh, the Tunnel Dickinson maintains with grass and flowers and signage and, and, and so forth. So we're going to inherit that back once they put it back together. Um, park benches were there and some other, some other things. Actually, there was a bus stop there as well. But now that area is going to be bigger, probably twice as large as it was before, which to me is a plus for that little that little spur that's on Old Front Street where there's about four or five houses. Um, so traffic's going to be even a little further away from them, and uh, I think that's a good deal. So, yeah, all in all, I mean, I've been very pleased. I know there's been some skeptics out there. They pro- there probably still are. But um, I, I think this is a wonderful thing for moving uh, traffic uh, a lot safer uh, throughout the area. Of course, some people are also kind of holding their breath for a few weeks uh, to see how things work with the uh, students returning to SUNY Broome Community College. And certainly traffic volume will pick up at times because of, of students and, and others going to SUNY Broome. That's correct. And uh, that's going to be a good test. But also keep in mind that um, over by the SUNY Broome campus, um, Van Winkle Drive, and, and then there's another light system a little further up uh, on the north end of the entrance to the campus, those traffic signals, they're going to be timing those a little bit different so that you're not getting a, a huge uh, influx of traffic coming out of the school and going towards the, uh, the roundabout. So they're going to be working on that. They're engineering that. Uh, you know, just just for the students and staff that are coming out of the campus, uh, which is very important because there's a lot of people there, and you know, several thousand. Right. So well, DO- be a good test. Right. Well, DOT. I mean, with with all the people they have, whether they're the designers, the people who actually design projects like this big sixteen million dollar project near the interchange number five at at uh, Interstate 81, so they design and then they implement, and then as far as dealing with uh, making adjustments to traffic patterns, they've got, you know, Mr. Marinaccio, I've heard they have some computers and special program software that can do modeling and, and help them in, in designing improved traffic flow as, as things adjust. Sometimes new businesses open or businesses close or uh, certainly, as we've alluded to, at different times of year, we've got uh, uh, decreases in volume, say, if there aren't students around in June and July, but then as they return, so they can always make adjustments if appropriate. Absolutely, and there's cameras there, uh, there's traffic cameras, uh, several different uh, areas uh, where the roundabouts are in the highway system, and so they can see that. They can see that live and what's going on, and uh, yeah, I mean, again, I I think they did a fantastic job, and um, It'll be great to see how one of the things that I'm concerned about, and I'm not sure if I want to test it personally, is pedestrian crossing. Um, 
that's a little tricky, I think. And even though there are uh, signals for people who want to cross the street, I haven't figured that one out yet. That's Yeah, we'll see how that works. But I also have to say, uh, for example, observing the Binghamton roundabout since it opened several years ago, one thing, I mean, the DOT designed specific, or at at least whoever designed the, the overall project, designed specific points for pedestrians to cross, and unfortunately, uh, too many pedestrians still ignore those points and try to cross yeah. you know cut right across the roundabout i mean that's you know the one thing about uh, pedestrian and and vehicle safety everybody plays a part you know sometimes that's people correct. say or bicyclists sometimes people say oh the drivers are uh not paying attention and that happens frequently or the drivers are going too fast or the drivers just don't mm-hmm. care about anyone but themselves but people riding bikes or people who are walking through areas also need to be attentive if they're in a, an area with potential conflict points, like a roundabout, don't be looking at your phone. Pay attention. I mean, here's the thing. I, I mean, my my opinion is that if it's situational awareness, if everybody, whether it's drivers, bicyclists, or pedestrians, really was aware of their situation at any given time, number of crashes or injuries could be reduced to almost zero. Yeah, I mean you're you're absolutely right, and and you know people need to keep in mind also when they're traveling uh, around these these uh, roundabouts, and, and depending on which way they're going, because there's a number of things that they can do. They can go to Sunrise Terrace on North Front Street. They can continue heading south on Front Street. They can continue going around to get to the uh, 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 entrance ramp, uh, which is number five, or they can go all the way around and go back on Front Street and start heading north again. Um, but at the same time, you have to be aware that there may be some pedestrians that are, are trying to cross, and there are specific areas for crossing. Uh, for me, if I was, and I, I walk Front Street a lot, and what I would do is, coming from uh, Broome Community College or SUNY Broome, going towards uh, Sunrise Terrace and so forth, I would go like closer to where McDonald's is and cross there. Because uh, now you're a, a little bit away from the circle. To me, that would be the safest way. And they are extending the sidewalk to do that. So that would be the safest way to get to get across if you're heading south uh, as a pedestrian uh, through the roundabouts. Speaking but all in all, it's a good it's a good thing. We're speaking with Michael Marinaccio, town of Dickinson, <laughs> supervisor at nine twenty seven. Uh, shifting over to the Bigelow Street area and even Bevere yeah. Street, there have been some issues lately. What What's going on? Some people in that area have, have been expressing concerns. Yeah, and rightfully so, Bob. You know, th- these folks that live uh, by this property, I don't know if you wanted to divulge the address. I don't know at the moment. We need to get specific. But the, certainly the people in the neighborhood are very well aware of the property. And well, it, I know I was are. up there yesterday, as, as was... Uh, James Kelly, uh, taking a look at uh, at some of the things going on right in that area. Oh, it's horrible. It's, absolutely, it's one of the most frustrating code violation issues that I've had to deal with in my 30 years. Uh, this is an, uh, a home that has had numerous violations uh, throughout the years, and we've addressed them, and we address them immediately, but we also have to follow New York State uh, code, which is also very frustrating. But in, in this case, which which has made this 
residents. Extremely dangerous and unhealthy is the garbage that was left behind by previous tenants and totally ignored by previous owners. What started this uh, as far as the seriousness was the fact that their sewer system in this house broke down and they were, <clears throat> excuse me, they were dumping raw sewage into the driveway and, you know, it was it wasn't a good thing at all. So we immediately took action, warned the tenants that were living there that the water was going to be turned off. We turned the water off so they couldn't dump sewage anymore. And they all moved out. <laughs> like the next day, they were gone. But what was left behind is garbage that is, I mean, it's filled right up to the ceiling inside this garage. We can't go in there. The town cannot go in there and remove this garbage. I wish we could. And the neighbors who we've had many, many conversations with, they've been very patient with this. Um, I think they understand that the town's hands have been tied because of legalities. And I'll, I can tell you this right now. Uh, come Monday night, we're going to start the approval process of going to state Supreme Court. For us, that's the best avenue to take to sue these people. The other frustrating part is trying to find out who owns this property. The ownership of this property in one year has has um, changed at least two to three times, and they're LLCs, and you can't get names. You can't find out where they live. Evidently, we do have some information now, and we're going to be using that uh, when we do appear in state Supreme Court, which I hope is really soon. I wanted to declare a, a kind of a state of emergency because of health reasons. And again, my hands are somewhat tied, and uh, I'm just following our attorney's advice. He wants to protect the town. I want to protect the town, but I also want to protect the residents that live there because nobody would put up with what, what's over there right now. Nobody would. So, yeah, it's a, a very frustrating situation, Bob, and uh, I hope that it gets resolved really soon. This has gone on way too long. Well, one of the other things, too, that people, of course, are concerned about, obviously, properties that are in terrible shape, almost unspeakable conditions, mm -hmm. but people in that neighborhood also have been concerned about uh, crime issues. And I know that there apparently is an effort to organize a neighborhood watch for that neighborhood, which is, mm -hmm. for people not familiar, it's up at the end of Bigelow Street, North End, because... Most of Bigelow Street lies within the city of Binghamton, but up that area uh, around Bevere, you've got a, a section of Bevere that is just outside the city limits. So people have been concerned with a, a variety of things. Of course, most recently, just on Sunday morning, there was uh, a home invasion, and we were told lots of guns were taken and you know yeah. shots were fired. Uh, but even before that, people were concerned about some other incidents. Of course, uh, in April... Eliza Spencer was killed a few blocks down, I think it's about five blocks down Bigelow Street, actually inside the city of Binghamton uh -huh. limits, but it's still, uh, as as people I know in that neighborhood say, it's too close for comfort. It is, definitely, and, it, and it's it's a tragedy, and and, and it's scary and, and extremely concerning. Uh, yes, we have about, I don't know how many, there's maybe three or four houses that are on the of Dickinson side, and we border the city of Binghamton. 
this place here, I mean, I, I even called the health department and got them involved, and I wanted them to take a look. Unfortunately, when the Broome County Health Department went there, um, the garage door was closed, and they couldn't get in. They couldn't see what was happening, so there wasn't much that they could do at the time. Lo and behold, somebody opened up that garage door. I don't know who, who did. I'm glad it's open. Now you can see what is really going on there. You know, there's complaints of, of vermin, you know, rats, whatever going around, and, and there is when you got that much garbage stored away. And and I'm just hoping that maybe, just maybe, uh, with, even though we may be going to state Supreme Court to sue the owner, maybe the health department can now get involved as well. And they've been good. Uh, they're They're good to deal with, and I know that their hands are tied at times, but now that you can see what's over there. You know, maybe they could actually step in and help us go along and get this place cleaned up. I'm ready to hire a company to come in, professional company, and clean that place. Unfortunately, I can't do anything right now because that would be considered trespassing. And and I I don't want to do that. But I'm I, I mean I'm looking for I'm looking for answers outside of going to state supreme court, which is going to cost the town money. We don't care. We're willing to do that. But it also takes time, and it's the timing that I, I'm extremely concerned about. And I've shared all this with the neighbors as well. Right. So uh, obviously dealing with that one major problem property is a high priority. As far as uh, with residents trying to improve the overall quality of the neighborhood, including uh, organizing a, a neighborhood watch, is, is the town encouraging that? Can, can the town or does the town get involved with initiatives like that? Um, not directly, no, but I, I certainly would encourage it. I know there are several neighborhoods um, <clears throat> around, at least there are signs that say this is a neighborhood watch uh, development. I would just say, no, just be careful. Um, don't, if you see something, you know, call. Don't try to take matters into your own hands. And I think most people realize that, especially nowadays. Um, you know, there, there's so much violence going on out there, not only here in Broome County, but, I mean, all over the country. So, yeah, if, if they're going to establish a neighborhood watch, if there's anything the town can do to help them, that's great. The town has a great working relationship with the sheriff's department and with the state police. Uh, so both those entities can um, answer any calls, you know, if there is a problem. So, yeah, I mean, I'm willing to do anything. Uh, again, most one of the most frustrating issue, uh, code violation issues that I've I've ever faced. I have another one that I'm dealing with on uh, Pulaski Street, and um, it's even a worse situation than than. Uh, I, you know, I I could talk about it sometime, but it, it's it's frustrating for elected officials such as myself and and, uh, and other people in trying to deal with these things, and our hands are tied uh, because of New York State. Um, property maintenance codes, they, they tie our hands a lot. Do you think that area right now, that end of uh, Bigelow Street, around uh, Bevere, do you think it's safe? I mean, given recent things that have happened and, and the concerns, let's face it, and I've pointed this out to uh, people over over the years, a lot of what happens in our neighborhoods never gets reported on the news because it just doesn't anymore. The, the police don't put out news releases for whatever reason, but uh, things that used to get reported on a regular basis uh, never wind up making the news headlines. 
Yeah, you're you're right about that because uh, there's been some incidents that I was familiar with and never saw them on the, on the news. Uh, a lot of times, what I'll do is I'll I'll call it in myself to uh, you know whether whatever TV station there's a belief to, to you know if I hear something and I think it's important that the public knows you know I'll call it in. As far as Bigelow Street, I haven't heard of any, except for this house that we're talking about right now, I really haven't heard of any criminal activities going on in the town of Dickinson. Now, as you go further up and you enter into the city, there might be, uh, I don't know, you know, there was that tragic incident where somebody was killed. Um, I don't think anywhere is really all that safe. I mean, no matter where you live, you have to be so, so careful. Neighborhood watches, I think, are important. Uh, Police patrols, they're important. Um, I know that our sheriff's department uh, cruises through our neighborhoods, especially when we think there's something going on or we get reports that, hey, by the way, somebody might be cooking meth or something. There's a lot of a lot of activity at this house at different hours of the day. And if the police aren't aware of it, we will call in. And I'm telling you, most of the time they will address it. Um I may not get a report right away as to what they found, and a lot of times they have to do their investigations before they can actually take any action. So, yeah, it's becoming more and more challenging, uh, not only being an elected official, but also being a a police officer. um, Well, I know know police (laughs) officers who find it frustrating that... Say on their posts, whether it's in the city or, or say, with sheriff's deputies or even state troopers, whatever community, they definitely are aware. I've been on ride-alongs where they'll say, hey, there's a drug house. We know it. And, we know it. And their hands, to a degree, are tied. Sometimes it's because maybe that that location is in some way involved in a a special investigations unit task force investigation or some other thing and and sometimes i know they say well if we if we take action right now even though it's clear to everyone passing by what's going on here it could disrupt uh, uh another ongoing investigation and possibly mean that some some bigger uh fish get away that's absolutely true and and we've dealt with that in many instances where we we knew through our own observations and from reports by neighbors that there would be drug activities going on. And uh, when I talked to whether it's Sheriff Harder or his lieutenants or captain, um, I mean, they're receptive, and, and most times they're aware. And, you know, there's surveillance going on, and they're building their case. Um, sometimes maybe it takes too long and maybe their hands are tied a little bit in, in getting warrants and search warrants and so forth. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's complicated to an extent when you're dealing with uh, criminal activities in you know, certain areas, but you still have to do your due diligence. You still have to call in. And that's why I tell my neighbors, you know, my residents, don't take anything that matters in, in your own hands. Call the police. Yeah, you don't want to take a bad situation and make it worse. By the way, have you been briefed at all by the the state police on on what happened there on Sunday morning on on Bevere Street, the town of Dickinson, with the home invasion? Because I understand a a, a woman and a man were were home at two in the morning when when the place was uh, broken into. Yeah, I mean, I'm aware of it, but I have not been briefed personally. Um, actually, I was I was away. I was in the state of Maine. 
boy, what a beautiful place. And um, eating lots of lobsters when I, when I heard about it, because I, I checked the news, I checked my reports as I'm away. But I have not been personally briefed, but I know that there was a home invasion um, on, you know, on Bevere Street and the town of Dickinson, and, uh, and that's pretty much all I know. Michael Marinaccio, the town supervisor, I appreciate your joining us. We'll have you back on the program soon. Thanks for uh, the update on, on the various issues, including the uh, garage matter, that property on Bigelow Street that has desperately needed attention. We'll continue to be in touch with you. I, and I'll do the same. You know, when, when things start to happen there, I'll sort of let you know, and of course the residents. We appreciate it. All right, take care. 941, live and local, Bob Joseph on your side here at WNBF, 92.1 FM and 1290 AM. And always available on the free WNBF app. Individual. Now, Ron in Binghamton. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Hey, when you were talking about roundabout, I was thinking of a uh, some bumper music. I forget who sang the song, but it was I think it was called the Circle Game. Goes round and round and round in the Circle Game. Do you remember that song? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I thought it would. I came to mind when you talk about roundabouts. Anyway, Bob, uh, I wanted to uh, talk about something that's in the Press and Sun Bulletin this morning, front page below the fold, uh, there's an article, the headline is The Outsized Impact of Abortion Rights Rollback on the Military. And uh, quoting from that article, uh, they say the rates, quote, the rates of sexual assault against women in the military are incredibly high and continue to grow. Um, what this brings to mind to me is that you've got, for example, an enlisted soldier, an, an enlisted person. Uh, in this case, we're talking about a uh, female soldier, and she's sent to wherever the military decides. So as the article points up, suppose she sent, for example, to Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, and now that the Supreme Court has thrown the abortion issue back to the legislatures in the states, well, what's going to happen? Uh, suppose uh, one gets pregnant, an unwanted pregnancy. And you're at a base in Mississippi, Louisiana, or Alabama. Suppose you want to terminate that pregnancy in the first trimester. Uh, you're, you're in, you may be in trouble. 
And uh, here, here's where the Supreme Court decision uh, that put the legalities back to the 50 states is a problem for that woman who, who can't carry the pregnancy forward. Okay, the public, the public policy in some southern states where the soldiers is based is likely to be guided not by science, but by religious principles. And these are, as we know in the southern states, principles of uh, the evangelical Christians, the bulk of uh, Trump, Trump supporters happens to be, the Trump supporters. Do we want public policy guided by interpreting biblical motives or by science? Uh, in New York, science will prevail when it comes to abortion public policy, but in the southern states, uh, it's not going to be. It's going to be interpreted biblical principles of evangelicals. And I uh, see that being an unfair burden for women in the military. You raise an interesting issue. Yeah. So I don't know what to do. I think I think the Supreme Court opened up uh, a big can of worm. Yeah, and like it says, I mean, this article hit me in the paper today because, you know, uh, I, you know, I care about our military. I'm for the military and the people in it. You've got a an enlisted uh, female in the military. She doesn't make a high rate of pay. Uh, if she is in Mississippi and unfortunately for her, let's say, does not want to carry a pregnancy, what is she to do? Uh, she may be able to travel to another state, but uh, she's going to have to do that, as they say, on her own dime. She's going to have to get permission to travel from her military superiors. She, she's going to be in a tough situation. You know, people uh, are having, um, you know, they sacrifice to go into the military, not a high pay. It's a devoted kind of thing. And uh, I don't think uh, that is a fair burden. Uh, for, for for women or, or women in the military, whether they're enlisted or officers, and um, and we're going to see these things happen now that it's back to the states, and we may think, well, let the state decide. But you're going to have states, like I say, you take Mississippi or Louisiana. I hate to say it, but the 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 scientific principles that prevail in the electorate there are uh, these are people who believe that the universe began 6000 years ago so you know that that to me is a big problem yeah yep interesting we'll see what some other people have to say about it appreciate your call 949 at wnbf com. steve from the south side good morning hey how are you bob i'm doing well how are you steve not too bad. I want to talk about the roundabout there. Yes. That, uh, that uh, guy that uh, I heard this morning, or he thought <laughs> roundabouts were going to cause uh, tornadoes there. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, that's, that's a terrible, terrible uh, thing, especially now as we have more roundabouts. So, I mean, how many, how many roundabouts can we deal with without uh, putting people at Nobody. risk? Somebody ought to tell a guy slowly there that uh, paint chips are not a snack. <laughs> well, that's that's 
that's an interesting point. You do have to wonder if there's a little bit more than meets the surface when you hear something like that on the radio. Yeah, I heard uh, from Alex Jones there that uh, if you go fast enough on one of those roundabouts, you go into another dimension. Yeah, wouldn't that wouldn't that be awful if Alex Jones winds up taking over this program now that he now that he's been kicked <laughs> off the internet? Well. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm gonna try to I'm find out what's going on with that roundabout thing because I, I I heard a bit of that too on on the radio and I I looked at my radio and said, hey. <laughs> so we'll we'll find I out. Not, yeah, I believe in uh, freedom of speech here, but uh, sometimes uh, <laughs> some people can go a bit too far with uh, freedom of speech here. Well, and conspiracy theories especially. At least Alex Jones, I think, is going to get uh, a little bit of justice. I, I mean, it won't, yeah. won't undo the damage he's caused, but at least a little bit of justice will be served. Uh, Steve, thanks for your call. You're welcome. James from Bigelow Street. Hi, Bob. Also, also the Alex Jones proceedings are a civil suit. Yes. So the yes. So that's a very important delineation. But uh, today, there. I believe the jury is uh, going to decide punitive damages too. So although oh well, yeah, for a limited <laughs> reason, he's uh, only the best lawyers, you know. Only the best. So the, only be the best. You know when when I I'll tell you what when I'm in a jam, James. No Saul Goodman, I can tell you. Exactly. This. When I'm in a jam, I always want my attorney to ten turn over all my emails and texts to the prosecution. Also, uh, man, this is a great, this is an amusing morning. Uh, and if roundabouts caused tornadoes, Albany would not still be there. So, uh, <laughs> good point, know. excellent point. <laughs> uh, listen, I have a unique situation um, in that I'm one of like two people on the street, one on one side, and one on the other, uh, that can say that they live in both the city of Binghamton and the town of Dickinson. <laughs> um, you know, my the, the line crosses my property, and there's a section of fence there. Uh, you know, so uh, the person before me built the fence in such a way that it's like angled because I'm sure there would have had to then been like two like permits or so. I don't know. Um, but I, I do get a, a one penny tax bill from the town of Dickinson every year. Um, <laughs> That's fun. It, it costs them more to print it and send it. Of uh, course. I, I kind of jokingly called the office and at once and asked, well, does this mean I can get reclassified at the Shenango Valley School District? And they're like, no. Um, uh, so plus we have municipal services up here. But no, I, you know, I wanted to kind of jump off of the conversation you were saying, you know, because there had been a few things that have been clearly in the news around here and, you know, uh, Tragic things. I mean, terrible things. I mean, I think I was you. I called to find out like what happened, what's going on down the street. They're not. I'm not hearing anything, you know, uh, back there in April. So, uh, but you know, overall, the question that you posed uh, was, you know, is it safe? And like, I can, just from my direct observations and walking around. I mean, it's a walking neighborhood, and I haven't seen anybody like change their habits, change their ways of doing things. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's prudent to certainly have like some type of ring or alarm system, but that's the same for just about anywhere, I guess. Um, I mean, it's a walk. It's a, it's a nice place with nice people. Have you got I know. schools and, and, and food and yeah, some things are going to happen, but you know, I grew up in the Hills of Conklin and I'm telling you, similar things happen there all the time too. You know, well, so, th uh, bad things, bad things can and do happen anywhere. I mean, you can't, you can't uh, say, oh, unless, well, even in a gated community. You know, some yeah. people, and we don't have, gated communities aren't common around here, but in other parts of right. the country, some people think, oh, I'm going to live in a gated community, and then I'm going to be safe. And it turns out, 
wait, there's crime in your gated community, too. Yeah, well, you know, and these are built at different times. These are driving neighborhoods. I mean, this was built as a walking neighborhood, you know. Uh, and, uh, no, it's. I mean, there's literally a school down the street. People walk to all the, you know, it's a, it's a nice spot. I, I mean, love the neighborhood. I, I was there forget, yeah. two weeks uh, ago, know. two weeks ago, one night I was, I was walking around there with some friends because mm-hmm. uh, we we were just out ha- having having speedies and, Someone said, yeah. hey, let's go for a walk. And so I walked around it, the neighborhood. It's beautiful. And there is a reason why you may sometimes hear it, more, that street more in like certain just. And I think not a lot of people living in the side of the town realize it. You know, it's not like as arterial as, like, say, Robinson Street or Broad Avenue, but it's a thoroughfare on the side of town. Um, it, you know, it, as you mentioned, this if you want to cross over the bridge, it's the only one until you get out to Fairview, but then you're up in the hills. So, you know, the police patrol it all the time just because they kind of have to. But it, it is weird seeing, like, the city police patrolling the town of Dickinson, but you don't usually see sheriffs down here. It's it's interesting. But, yeah, there's just a lot of cross-traffic. Well, and again, for people not familiar, I mean, there's that, that stretch that of Bigelow and Bevere in the town of Dickinson, but, say, Binghamton police, if they were patrolling on the south portion of Bigelow and then continue to the end, then they take a left and go just a short distance, and they're back in the city again. So it's, you know, it, yeah. so it's not not uh, uh, surprising that you would see Binghamton police it, vehicles on a, on a fairly regular basis passing through that no. part of Bigelow. It, it, it is a bummer that that it's that specific house because uh, you know someone's been, I've been here for about ten years and I know that the person who had lived there prior was like one of the oldest, you know, longest tenured residents on this street like since before they even yeah. built the, the pen can, if you will. Yeah. Uh, hey, we got to run. I've got the oh, news yeah. coming up. Thank you, James. Have a great Yeah. Have a great weekend. And we will have more calls coming up. That first hour went by quickly. Second hour's just around the corner. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Don't miss the live local talk. I'm Bob Joseph here on WNBF Binghamton. It's 10 Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 10.04. Another muggy day for us today. The National Weather Service calling for uh, partly cloudy conditions. We are also looking at a possibility of some showers, maybe some thunderstorms later on today. High temperatures up around 90, currently 74 in Binghamton. Delaware County Sheriff's officials say they're looking to talk to anyone who may have information or may have been the victim of a sexual contact at a Walton pizzeria sheriff's office says that on Wednesday the deputies members of the Delaware County Sheriff's Office Criminal Investigation Division and the special response team executed a search warrant at D's Pizzeria Incorporated on State Highway 10 in the town of Walton in relation to complaints against a registered sex offender allegedly involved in an incident concerning a teenage girl the authorities arrested 39-year-old Damian Falconio of Stamford for allegedly forcibly touching the 16-year-old and committing other acts which endangered the welfare 
care of the child at Farconio's place of business. Farconio is charged with two counts of endangering the welfare of a child, one count of forcible touching, one count of unlawful imprisonment, and one count of felony persistent sexual abuse, which is a violent felony offense. The authorities say on June 29, 2012, Damian Falconio was convicted of felony rape in Otsego County. Earlier, the Stanford man was separately convicted of sexual abuse on May 21, 2012 in Delaware County. Falconio had just completed his parole June 1st of this year. Falconio was sent to the Delaware County Jail without bail following his arraignment this week in Village of Walton Court. Authorities say the investigation is continuing, more charges are possible, and they're asking any person or potential victim with information about any other incidents at the pizzeria or involving Falconio to contact investigators at 607-832-5961. WMBF News Time 1006. Registration is open for a new program to help Southern Tier residents interested in starting their own business. SUNY Broome Community College is presenting a 60-hour program for developing startup plans for small businesses. The program runs September 8th through November 17th. To register, you can find the link at our website, wmbf.com. There are in-person and online options. Organizers say the course will help budding business owners take their ideas and successfully turn them into a simple, focused startup plan. Participants are to be guided through the whole process of navigating available financing and other options as well as their business plans, marketing, and other details they might not be aware of that can help get a small business started and successfully continue and possibly expand in the future. The programs will be held Mondays and Thursdays from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Participants who get their registration in before August 15th can take advantage of a $149 course fee. The fee increases to $199 after August 15th, and there's a special rate for U.S. military veterans. If you need more program information, you can also contact Darlene Canuck uh, by email. It's K-A-N-U-K-D-A at sunnybroom.edu. Phone number is 607-777-3022. The program is being offered through the SUNY Broom Continuing Education Department. New York State Electric and Gas has been very busy this morning and continues to work trying to get power back on to parts of Tioga and Shenango County still without power from yesterday afternoon's thunderstorms. The rain did nothing to help the humidity levels, stifling the twin tiers. Dew points this morning have been right around 67 degrees. We've now crept into 70 degrees, which is in the tropical range. A hazardous weather statement this morning from the National Weather Service Binghamton office advises scattered, slow-moving thunderstorms this afternoon and evening could produce torrential downpours. There's marginal risk for excessive rainfall and isolated flash flooding. Meanwhile, hot and humid conditions are expected for the run of Speedy Fest this weekend and into Monday. Heat index values are expected to approach 95 degrees on Saturday, with Sunday and Monday seeing heat indices between 95 to 100. The Speedy Fest organizers have said they have misters set up throughout the festival site at Otsunango Park. While much of the park is shaded, festival goers are also encouraged to bring water, spray bottles, and maybe even those personal fans if they have them in an effort to help stay cool. WMBF News Time 1009. 
The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, partly sunny today, a 50% chance of mainly afternoon showers and thunderstorms, a high in the upper 80s. Tonight, mostly cloudy, a 60% chance of showers, possibly a thunderstorm, and a low in the upper 60s. Tomorrow, it's going to be another hot one with heat index values into the 90s maybe as high as the upper 90s. A slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, partly sunny, high near 90. The heat index value is about 97. Sunday, mostly sunny, slight chance of showers, 40% chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms, high in the low to mid 90s. Monday, another hot one, mostly sunny skies, A chance of showers at 50%, mainly in the afternoon, and the high temperature in the low 90s. For Tuesday, partly sunny, a 60% chance of showers, mainly in the afternoon, and a high in the mid-80s. Currently 74 in Binghamton. It's 1011, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, and 92.1 FM. Bob Joseph, back for the second hour. It only gets better and better. First hour is great, second hour is greater, and the third hour is the greatest, especially on Fridays. The number to call is 607-772-1290. Let's make it the greatest program ever on WNBF. What does it feel like to you? It feels like the first time. All right. If you want to be a first-time caller, like time. I encourage you. That's the best time. The first-time caller will be the best experience of your life. Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Beverly, do you remember when you were a first-time caller? Yes. And wasn't that the best? Ago. Right. And wasn't that the best thing? Well, it was the first time I ever called because I talked to Tony Russell. Right, and you'll never forget it. Nope. So there, I rest my case. How you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Hey, do we have a a neighborhood watch a program in the town in Sunrise Stairs or the town of Dickinson? Because I don't see the sign up there no more. I think the person that was on us, I think he passed away. Well, that's a good point, and I do recall seeing some neighborhood watch signs in in your neighborhood in the past, but as as Michael Marinaccio 
alluded to. He didn't come right out and say it, but I think with his response, when I asked him about neighborhood watch programs, he uh, sort of suggested some that used to be active are no longer active in the town. And that's a good point, though, uh, whether people sometimes uh, move or if they die or sometimes people just have other things they need to do and they they just are unable to be involved anymore those things change so even if your neighborhood still may have some of those signs maybe it's time to reactivate your neighborhood watch yeah well that would be real nice the only thing i worry about bob is is the sunrise terrace park up here you know they you know they told they tore the community center down there but I'm quite sure that that is pretty active in the evening, you know, say between uh, 12 and 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, a lot of parks are, but a lot of times they put up signs at the parks that usually say something to the effect the park closes at dusk or close from dusk to dawn or, or whatever. Some park signs have specific hours. But you know what I've noticed, whether you're talking about Sunrise Terrace or even Rec Park in Binghamton or some other fine parks in the community, uh, it seems that some people may be illiterate because apparently they can't read the signs or they don't want to well that's possible as well i hadn't thought about some are just intentionally ignoring the guidance provided by the parks people i mean i come home i come home uh, all around four o'clock in the morning and there was a uh i couldn't tell whether if they were teenagers or or men, or men, you know, I'm going to say past 20 in the park there, but but they were sure having a high hoop time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were having fun, but I didn't think we were making that much noise. I apologize if it was too noisy. Uh, I think it was more than that. Well, it was just because a few of us from the station. Around. It was... It was me, I think, and and James Kelly and Kathy and a couple of our buddies from the oh, Hawk and the Whale. You're right. That probably, doesn't. That, you, you probably guys are just getting up. <laughs> yeah, actually, we. That's the thing. We we have this thing called a work ethic, so we can't be hanging out at at parks at four in the morning. We have to be getting ready for work. Yeah, that's true. I uh, I ain't heard too much. Too much about the roundabout, only it, it, it opened a day earlier. Yeah, it was nice. I, uh, as I mentioned to Michael Marinaccio, I was almost there in time for the opening. If I had, had known that they were going to open it in 33 minutes, I, I would have stayed. I thought they still had uh, a little more work to do, but they got it opened more quickly because I was there on um, Wednesday afternoon at about 520 doing what I do, taking pictures, taking videos, and talking to people. Uh, unfortunately, the people involved with the roundabout, they were really busy, so I couldn't speak directly with uh, their supervisor, or else she would have probably told me that uh, they were going to open it up before 6, and she probably would have said, hey, stick around till 6, I'll let you be the, 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 first, uh, the first person to navigate the roundabout. Can you imagine being the first person? Well, it would be nice. Yeah, it would be an honor and a privilege, and probably 
if it uh, could be confirmed by the DOT supervisor, if she would uh, just sign uh, some paperwork, probably Michael Marinaccia would see to it that I would be awarded a certificate at the next town board meeting. Yeah, probably. Hey, when's Shenango Street going to open? Never. That figures. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Soon. Soon. Uh, there's light. No, they've been saying that for so long. <laughs> I get tired of listening. Oh, come on, Beverly. It's only been 11 I, months. I, what What do you want? they got to keep the bridge from falling down. It, we don't want it to be I like know, London Bridge. They had, they had all this time to pick the... What's the problem? They need more time, and most of all, they may, need more money. Make you more money. No, they they need more money. They need more money to to fix the bridge so it'll last another seventy five years. That's the point. Yeah, I know. So but... they'll they'll open it up. Only they're not going to open it up a day too soon because you don't want to. No, you don't want to have any catastrophes. Right. Well, and the bottom line is what what the goal is is to preserve the useful life of the bridge with which they want to be 75 years personally i find that to be overly optimistic but the good news for them is none of us uh, none of us will be around say in 50 years to be able to say huh that's funny in in 2022 you said it had a projected useful life of 75 years and here it's 50 years later in 2072 you know whoever the governor is then probably um who who will be governor in 2072? Hmm. Well, it's probably somebody who's only about 10 right now. So, but anyway, we won't be around if it turns out not to be true. But bottom line is, they they definitely want to make sure they have it right before they reopen Shenango Street because you don't want to go through this whole thing again. No, they should have done it right in the beginning. Well, you know, isn't that true of life though? I mean, whether it's yeah. building building bridges or with anything else we do in life, isn't isn't that a lot of times the conclusion we take yeah. from anything anything that doesn't doesn't go according to our our plan or wish? It's like, gee, we should have done it right the first time. Hopefully, what I what I take, whether it's from errors regarding bridges or mistakes we make in our lives, I hope we all learn something so we can you know use that knowledge to do better in the future. I'm going to celebrate today. I hope you do. But I also hope, yeah, Beverly. Yeah, I'm going to be 79 years old. Today? Yep. Well, happy birthday to you. Well, thank you. Yep, we're going to have a party tonight. Oh, my goodness. Well, happy birthday. I am so well, pleased. Uh, yeah, and I, I've been doing pretty good with my walk, and I'm... I'm I'm doing pretty good, and I'm going to go to that Lord's thing at at the mall there as soon as the doctor gives me an okay, you know, get some a little exercise in and stuff. Uh, I wanna I wanna practice uh, getting up off the floor because when I get down on the floor, I can't get up. All right, well, practice. Get me up. Right. Well, the, so, so I'm going to practice. All right. Well, the important thing for your celebration, have fun, but remember what I always say, celebrate responsibly. I don't drink. I haven't drank in about, about 45 years. All right. Well, if and you I don't miss it, Bob. Well, that's a great thing. 
do not resume drinking. Whatever you do after 45 years. I mean, I, I used to party, uh, go Christmas parties, birthday parties, and uh, all celebrations and all that. And one day I said to my father, I said, you know what? This is the last, last drink I'm having. And he, he thought I was joking. And I said, no. Well, I commend you. That's an important life decision, and I think that's something you should be proud of. Oh, I am. I well, am. you serve as an inspiration to the rest of us. Well, thank you. I I try to have my my spirits are up, and like I said, I I wish I could go back to the mental health there, but I I can't go back because. I missed a lot of my uh, a lot of the appointments, and they they don't want me back because I missed all my appointments due to my, you know, yeah. due to my illness and my feet and legs. Right. Well, sometimes you do have to cut back. Anyway, I wish you a very happy birthday, and I'll look forward to speaking with you next week. Okay. Bye bye. Ten twenty three WNBF, the station that truly cares about people. John from Harpersville. Good morning. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you, John? Very good. I'm on the road right now, but I uh, had me uh, west. But uh, happy birthday to your previous caller. Um, I'm 59. Uh, I had my first and only child at 41. I was never a big drinker, but, you know, I would do the Friday-Saturday thing uh, with my friends. And uh, just, uh, you know, it was it was tough to parent the next day, so... I'm seven. I won't say 17 years sober because it wasn't a problem, but I just uh, got out of it. Now into that. Well, um, it's. I, I know. I know some people do make that important choice, and I, I encourage people to do it if you can, because I. I know for for people, for many people, it's it's a, a challenge, even if it's not creating real serious problems with with your life to at least make that adjustment certainly in a society that seems to uh celebrate alcohol and weed and you know a certain lifestyle and again you know, i'm not not moralizing here i'm just uh acknowledging that right. when people make make an important life choice i i always support that well it goes back to the old billy joel line i drank a lot of take-home pay i remember seeing a few more dollars in my pocket on sunday mornings well, that and that applies if if you're able to either cut back or eliminate alcohol purchases, or for those who purchase tobacco, or dare I say, I know I shouldn't say it on a program like this, but probably some people, if they cut back on their weed purchases or whatever, if you focused on on just spending your money on good, healthy things, you'd have more money to spend on things like vacations. You know, and uh, just real quick, I've noticed the last 24 hours, everybody's spouting off on the Brittany Griner thing. You know, and it brings me back to that movie, A Bronx Tale, where, where the little boy was enamored with Mickey Mantle, and Sonny, the godfather, said, you think Mickey Mantle cares about you? He said he makes 100 grand a year. He wouldn't pick you off the floor if he walked by you. And uh, I'm sitting there thinking, I can't believe all the energy everybody's wasting. You know, rules are rules, laws are laws. She broke them. Maybe they'll bring her back. Maybe they won't bring her back as far as the, the, the State Department doing what they need to do. But, you know, as far as somebody going somewhere and, and uh, committing a crime, 
I, I don't really care if she stays there the next nine years or not. I know her cell block will win the Russia Penn League for the next nine years if they don't get her out, and that's not a bad uh, bad thing for her cell block. Well, what what anyway. I also <laughs> what I also would say though is, um, and I don't want to. I shouldn't be judgmental, but aren't we all? I I find it difficult to believe, you know, the the story that she's she's presented that it was a mistake. I personally believe this sentence is is just bizarre, given the nature of the crime. Um, and and again, I know our our uh, relationship with Russia hasn't been this bad in a long time. I just wish that there was a way. Despite the war and despite everything else, despite the bad blood between uh, Vladimir Putin and uh, the West and, and just the things that many Americans have said about him, you know, in, in this particular case, if he, if he could see it in his heart to release her. And you know, I don't like prisoner swaps, but in this case, it, it might be necessary. I just feel badly for everybody concerned. And I, I think... I think in the end, hopefully, as I as I mentioned before about uh, people learning lessons, hopefully she's learned a lesson and also her experience has taught other people, including other Americans, if you set, if you step one foot outside the United States, whether it's Canada, Mexico, or Russia, don't bring any double check, triple, quadruple check to make sure you don't have anything with you that's going to get you in a jam. Exactly, and that's uh, like yeah. I, I believe what what you said. I don't think it was innocent as it sounded, and um, and and there you are. You're stuck there until until something works out. The swap they were talking about didn't seem apples to apples to me. But again, I'm not going to drain my brain trying to trying to figure out what's going to happen to her. I mean, there there's so many other people just within our own county and town that could use our energy that that we're spending on discussing this topic so absolutely i'm the one that brought it up so and i'm pleased that you did i i had been thinking about bringing it up earlier this week and i never got around to it i think it's appropriate to occasionally talk about but i know there seems to be um a disproportionate amount of media fixation on it. I mean, even now, I'm looking up at the screen on CNN. That's the story they're covering. Front page of uh, the Times, I think, yesterday and today had had big stories about it. So, and and again, to acknowledge her importance to her sport and to her fans, I'll acknowledge that. Uh, I'm I'm just surprised that it is getting so much attention in the U.S. media. Well, I just passed Sarah on my way to Corning, so I have to throw on my MBF app because I'm losing you to normal <laughs> radio. So <laughs> I'll switch over and have a great day. Thank you, John. Thanks so much for listening, and thank you for staying connected using the WNBF app. It is free, and you will stay connected, especially if you travel. You know, we are pleased that we're now available at 92.1 FM and always at 1290 AM and if you're in your office or home office or work office listening at wnbf.com but i have to tell you i love it on the app i was listening on the app last night i love it it sounds good it's convenient and basically wherever i go well let me be clear almost wherever i go one of the problems that i discovered in my upstate america tour over the last several weeks there are 
significant pockets of upstate America that still lack decent internet coverage. So that is the truth. It's not as though you're using the app to capture us via satellite. So I I guess you could say almost anywhere. If you're within within uh, semi-decent internet service, you, you can stay connected with us at WNBF. 10.30, more calls coming up. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph on a Friday morning from WNBF. News Radio. Joseph, 1033, from the Big N, WNBF News Radio, Binghamton. Larry and Kirkwood, good morning, you're on the air. Whoa, I haven't heard that song in a long time. Yeah, from the back of the rack. Yeah. Well, very, very, very happy birthday to Beverly. Wow, what a thing. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh... Let's talk about, uh, who's that girl, Beverly Griner, is that uh, yeah, uh, girl in uh, Russia jail there? Hello? Yeah, she works oh. at the at WNBA. I work at WNBF. She works at WNBA. <laughs> so I always thought, you know, after Brittany Griner. Uh, oh, Brittany Griner. Brittany, yeah, yeah. after she got the... Uh, uh, all this news attention, I was thinking we should change our call letters to WNBA, and that way we'd be a lot more yeah, popular because yeah. people would think yeah. that, you know, that I'm affiliated yeah. with, um, you know, the the basketball people. But Yeah. Well, you know why CNN is, is covering her all the while, because she's an anti-American, trashes our country all the time kind of lady, so they like that, and so they're they're clearly on her side to be, uh, you know. Well, then why uh, is Fox covering her? Fox yeah. News covers the story, too, with some well, enthusiasm. So you're saying well, Fox uh, News is anti-American, too? Well, no, no, I'm not saying that. But, you know, she, she she's talked a lot against our country. But that's, that's not here or there. What I really want to say about it is, as much as I despise her attitude towards this country, I would really, um, I would really hope that somehow she could be brought back here, because uh, yeah, it's it's not a good thing to be in a place where you're going to get a huge sentence for something that in this country really is a minor thing. So well, that's the thing. It's my understanding that in the United States she had a prescription to use what she brought into Russia. So I believe that what she possessed when she entered Russia, I believe it was uh, perfectly legal here in the United States. That's my understanding. Yeah. Well, there is something that I heard on a podcast today I was listening to. A caller called into the show and said, well, at least she's not going to have to listen to the national anthem anymore for nine years because she hates the national anthem. <laughs> well, then but, she probably has to listen to the Russian natural natural anthem, national anthem, which probably, probably, well, who knows? I I don't even know that I've heard the Russian national anthem, but I 
you know, oh, in, a, in a contest. I got to say, even though our national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, in my opinion, from a musical standpoint, isn't the best isn't the best musical composition that might have been chosen for our national anthem. I'm certainly proud it's our anthem. You know, yeah, I, 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 you know, it's not as though it was up for a vote, you know, and, and I, I was able to cast a vote. The, the decision had been made well before I arrived. Yeah. So it's, well, you know, and, and every well. time I hear it, and I know, I, it, I certainly appreciate how the national anthem if it's played at a sports event or any other event, I I can appreciate how it can evoke all sorts of feelings in each person, depending on their life experience. And by the way, I yep. won't be judgmental. If, if Brittany Griner, and I haven't actually paid any attention to any comments she's made about the national anthem, if she finds the national anthem evokes some feelings in her, because of her life experience that are negative. I'm not saying she's a bad person because of that. I'm saying that doesn't apply to me. But I haven't I haven't lived my life. I haven't faced whatever challenges and whatever hurdles that she's had to face, nor has she had to face the challenges and hurdles I've had to face. And by the way, I'm not complaining. I'm not saying that I've had a bad life. I'm just saying none of us can really put ourselves in in the shoes of the other person. But if if they make us a statement that they have a certain distaste for our national anthem, I don't think we should condemn them for it. I, I think we should say, well, thanks for sharing your opinion. I personally, when I hear it, I feel proud to be an American, even though, and, and I'm going to choose my words carefully because I, I know some people will say, uh, Bob, the, what you said was was inappropriate. I, what I will say, I'm proud of this country, even though it's imperfect. But the point yeah. of this country, the point of of what I do as an American, and what I think most Americans attempt to do, the point is we try to make it better. You know, if I I maintain, despite those red red hats that people wore, the hats that were made in China by communists, probably, or at least their children, I believe America has always been great. I believe we didn't need somebody to imply that America had lost its greatness. America has been great from the minute that I took my first breath, and it will always be great till the final moment where I sign off for the final time. You know, can we make it better? Of course. Everything can be made better. And we will. That's all part of the mission. But, you know, let's let's respect the opinions of those who, hey, if they say something about the national anthem, you don't have to agree with them, but I, I don't believe you have to be angry with them. Now, I just heard you say some of the best things I've ever heard you say. Wow. That is really great. I like that. Well, I strive. By the way, I know sometimes people say, well, that's funny. I heard your program, you know, uh, three months ago, and you said something that seems to be contradictory to what you just said. Well, maybe sometimes that happens. I mean, remember, we're talking about a live program. There's no script here. And, oh, yeah. you know, if anybody listened to the hundreds of hours of broadcasting that I do over the course of a year, they might want to cherry pick something and say, well... Do you remember what you said on, on January 17th, uh, 2011? I'd be like, 
No, I don't. I have no idea. I don't keep notes of the things I said. I'm doing live radio. It'd be like asking you, you know, do you remember what you said to the person at the deli on February 4th, 1982? How would you remember? I probably won't remember even ninety uh, percent or even one percent of what I re- I said yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and and by the way, that's not really a problem because yeah. you know in in the in daily discourse we don't need nor do we want to. I mean, can you imagine if if you could? Now, I'm not saying some people don't have that particular gift where they might be able to remember some things. Um, yeah. Very very. Uh, in a very detailed fashion from years ago. Some people have that ability, I guess. I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it. I think I think I would be... I, I know the way my brain works, and I think my brain is, is operating at, at close to capacity now. I don't want to have that, that many detailed memories. I, I don't know what I would do with it. Yeah. Would that, that's, yeah, that's a crazy thought. To I mean, it's fascinating... I mean, it's fascinating. There are people in the world who who could remember virtually everything that they've ever done or said or thought, you know, and it's just like, wow, that's so amazing. I think I feel the same way you do. I yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad that I would say about 98% of, of most of my routine experiences are not kept in storage somewhere. I mean, maybe general, generalized memories, but not not to the point where... You know, excruciatingly detailed. I don't. I don't see. Well, I get. I guess if you're, you know, going to be called to testify in a, a criminal case, and they, you know, you're a witness, the only witness to a crime, and you're able to provide uh, a very detailed, very accurate description of what happened. I guess that would come in handy. But that's about. Yeah, right. That's about the only situation I I can can imagine where. Where I, I would think that would be helpful. Yeah, I can honestly say there are some things in my life I would never want to remember again. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, what I think for most of us, I think there's um, part of our our brain that that helps suppress some some of those memories. I mean, some of the most uh, unpleasant memories, uh, experiences that were not exactly fun or or maybe actually terrible, in in many cases. Our brain will suppress those memories. Doesn't mean that they're totally gone, and it also doesn't mean you can't recover some of those memories. But I, I think it's it's helpful in a lot of cases for for some of the things that we've gone through that we have managed to not delete them from our brains, but basically put them in a compartment where it doesn't interfere with our ability to to live a, a good, positive life today. Yeah, yep. Well, I'll let you go, Bob. All right. I hope I shed some light on something there. Hope you have a great weekend. 1044, Bob Joseph with you. 607-772-1290 is the number. If you want, submit an email. My guarantee to you is today I will try to read at least one email on the program. Bob at WNBF.com. We're live and local on the air at 1290 AM, 92.1 FM, and always available at WNBF.com. Anything.
Friday morning with Bob Joseph, WNBF. Go back over to the east side. Jim from Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Bob. Uh, just something I wanted to let you know. Uh, yesterday, there was a reporter from the New York Post knocking on doors on Bigelow Street, inquiring about the increased gun violence in Binghamton and an update on the Eliza Spencer murder. And I told them straight out, I said, city and state police are investigating it, and we've never heard anything since. So did the reporter um, seem to know uh, much about the case based on the questions, the nature of the questions that he asked? Did he seem to have done his, his research on what happened in April? No, but he was he he was showing a bigger interest in it. Like he had his cameraman take a picture of the houses on the block before and the block after the murder. He was knocking on doors, you know, on those two blocks. Anything, you know, anybody near that. And uh, he also had some statistics about the amount of gun violence from last year up into the amount of gun violence, you know, up until like August 1st or whatever. And, you know, he goes, you know, that's quite an increase. And, you know, what do you know? And then, you know, then, you know, he uh, he again got back on Eliza Spencer. Like, you know, has, has there been any additional updates um, and stuff like that? And I was like, no. So, hey, maybe, you know, uh, some reporter from the city coming up here. I mean, how he, you know, found out about Bigelow Street, the New York Post, but. Maybe he can rattle some cages, you know, and, and get some answers out to the public. Well, maybe maybe he found some of my stories on the Internet because I've been doing my best to follow up over the last 106 days. I can't believe it's been more than 100 days since Eliza Spencer was killed and the police still won't say anything about it. Joseph Zakowski, the police chief of Binghamton, will say nothing about it. The mayor of Binghamton, Jared Cram, will say nothing about it. I wonder how that's going to go over with the New York Post. That could be a front-page story because a 12-year-old girl who gets shot near her home while walking with her dad and brother, that would seem to be the, the type of story that the New York Post would, would focus on, especially with police not saying anything new about this in, in three months. Yeah, and I told them, like, I moved from the Bronx, and I said, Whenever the NYPD was looking for somebody, even if they had a sketch, they would come on TV, say, look, this is the description. This is what we know. This is what happened. Nothing up here. They don't even call your radio show, you know, a, a local radio show to say, hey, let's get something out to the public. Nothing. So what do you think? As you mentioned that you used to live in the city and NYPD, that has been my observation. I pay attention to New York City news outlets, whether it's news radio or the TV stations. It seems to me, I mean, just the other night, unfortunately, or I don't know if it was during the day, a few days ago, a 14-year-old boy was killed in New York City. And the authorities there are talking with the newspapers, talking with the TV stations. They took a, a completely different approach. And I, I couldn't help but think, gee, in New York City, 
The, the entire metro area gets captivated about the killing of a 14-year-old boy. And here in a place like Binghamton, the death of a 12-year-old girl receives essentially no attention, at least no public comment, from the officials, from the police chief and the mayor. It makes, you, it makes me wonder what exactly is going on. It, it, it's just too quiet. Like, you know, I, and I know my neighbors, we were talking when it hit day 100. It was like, really? You know, but, you know, we can't make them do nothing. But, hey, I know you've been talking about the, the lack of reporters and stuff. And I figured I'd let you know, you know, that a, a reporter from, you know, the New York Post is knocking on doors on Bigelow Street. You know, he must have, like you said, he must have seen something to know, you know, about this story and, and actually come knocking on doors. Well, maybe it'll finally get some attention. The, the problem is the coverage that's happened here in Binghamton seems to have done nothing to prompt uh, the, the tips that are needed. Remember, the, at last report, the reward had grown to $25,000. I mean, if you have a reward like that, first of all, a reward should not be necessary for people to come forward with information. But still, the last I knew, the police were receiving very few tips. Now, I also know that they... The detectives, the Binghamton detectives, haven't given up. They're still working on this, I would think, every day. And I, to be sure, when I was in the neighborhood a few weeks ago interviewing uh, one of your neighbors while I was talking with a neighbor uh, on the porch, sure enough, a Binghamton detective pulled up and said, Hi, Bob. So they're still working the case, and they're still trying to find clues. But And so I know, and I, I, I'm not judging the the work of the police investigators but i am very concerned that the people of binghamton people in on bigelow street and the nearby streets have received no routine updates just the updates that we get are the investigation continues and to me i think the police chief and the mayor of binghamton owe the people on the east side and the people of the entire city the entire county more information than that tell us on a routine basis there ought to be at least weekly updates because this is such a high profile case right right yeah yeah all the right only information i get is from your radio that's it well, nothing we're working the, the paper. Nothing, so. Jim. We're working for, for you. What you do. Yeah, thank you. Uh, hang, hang on the line for just a second. I want to talk to you for a moment off the air. It's ten fifty four at WNBF. Are you? A the station that is serving the community every day. Vic from the Forks, good morning. You're on the air. Morning, Bob. I want to talk a little bit about that uh, basketball player over in Russia. Yeah, Brittany Griner. All right. I can't remember her name, but uh, uh, they're already making a deal to bring her back home. I see the Biden administration, uh, or not Biden, I'm sorry, uh, Putin administration, uh, already made a statement they're willing to do a trade, so I'm sure she'll be home in the next six months. But she is lucky. This, this didn't happen in Turkey, because in Turkey you're put to death for that. Uh, as a matter of fact, they have a saying, Dada is death, and Dada means drugs. Yeah, well, that's why people, if they leave the United States, I think even on the State Department website, there's some sort of language to the, to the effect, if 
if you leave the United States with anything that's illicit, even if it's legal here, you, you might be on your own. I don't think they mean literally on your own. I mean, if you get in a jam, the State Department will try to help you, but they usually advise people not to get in trouble in the first place. I, th- I think we need to bring her home, but the sad part about it is they're going to deal for somebody that spied on the U.S., stole secrets, or maybe committed murder to a U.S. citizen, or a woman who can't stand America. Yeah, well, I guess there would be a degree of irony if that does happen, if that type of trade occurs. Vic, I appreciate your call. We have the news coming right up on this Friday morning and then another hour. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF Think. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Well, we're not out of the hot and stickies. The National Weather Service predicting some more thunderstorm activity is possible for today. And also high humidity continuing right straight through Speedy Fest weekend. New York State Electric and Gas early this morning about 4 o'clock was still assessing when the power could be restored for over 100 customers in Shenango County, while customers that spent a hot night without electricity in Tioga County were expecting their power back on this afternoon, some of that being restored much earlier. Individual breakdowns of communities had NYSEG reporting it was assessing the situation in communities in Shenango County, meaning no immediate estimate of when their power could be back on. Delaware County Sheriff's officials say they're looking to talk to anyone who may have information or who may have been the victim of a sexual contact of a Walton pizzeria owner. The Sheriff's Office issued a news release yesterday reporting the previous day that the Sheriff's deputies, members of the Delaware County Sheriff's Office, Criminal Investigation Division, and the Special Response Team executed a search warrant at Dee's Pizzeria on State Highway 10 in the town of Walton in relation to complaints against a registered sex offender allegedly involved in an incident involving a teenage girl. Authorities arrested 39-year-old Damien Falconio of Stanford for allegedly forcibly touching the 16-year-old and committing other acts which endangered the welfare of the child at Falconio's place of business. He's charged with two counts of endangering the welfare of a child, one count of forcible touching, one count of unlawful imprisonment, and one count of felony persistent sexual abuse, which is a violent felony offense. Authorities say in June of 2012, Falconio was convicted of felony rape in Otsego County, and in May he was convicted also in Delaware County. Falconio was sent to the Delaware County Jail without bail following his arraignment this week in Village of Walton Court. A driver is recovering after being rescued from under a garbage truck in Delaware County. According to the Bovina Fire and Emergency Medical Services postings on social media, responders were called with a report of a crash and a person pinned under a refuse transportation vehicle. New York State Police officers reported the incident after driving up on the scene. Bovina Fire and EMS say rescuers used a road grader from the town of Andes to stabilize the garbage truck during the extraction process where they had to dig out dirt to make it possible to get the person out. There was no information provided regarding the identity of the driver or their condition. With Pennsylvania's high school football season starting on Monday, some Southern-tier seniors don't know if they will have a final year of play in their district, another district, or at all. 
The Sayre Area School District informed football parents on Wednesday that the varsity season was canceled due to only 26 students signed up to play either junior or varsity football, nine of those seniors. Officials cited safety concerns with so many players inexperienced at playing in the varsity level when making their decision. Parents reacted with a proposed cooperative program with the neighboring Athens schools and an emergency school board meeting was held last night. After heated debate, the board agreed to offer a proposal to Athens, but that's far from meaning Sears athletes will actually be able to play. Any co-op has to not only be approved by the Athens school board, which is said to be planning to meet in upcoming weeks, and the Pennsylvania Scholastic Athletic Association. Again, football season starts on Monday. PIAA rules require both the JV and varsity teams must be part of a co-op, even though Sarah has enough players to field the JV team. Some parents still are concerned about issues like transportation for underclassmen players who don't have cars. The band and cheer squads would not be co-opted since they function separately from the football programs. But a proposal from parents explores making halftime longer to allow bands from both districts the chance to perform. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast for today, partly sunny. There's still a chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly in the afternoon. A high today in the upper 80s. Tonight, showers and possibly thunderstorms with that chance at 60% does not bode well for hot air balloon launches. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low in the upper 60s. Tomorrow, partly sunny, a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms, a high near 90. Heat index values as high as 97. Mostly sunny and hot on Sunday, a 40% chance of showers and a high in the low to mid 90s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WMBF, WMBF WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Sound like a special effect of some sort there. Bob Joseph, live and local, doing the job that needs to be done every day, live on your radio station. WNBF and WNBF.com. 607-772-1290. We'll make it the best hour of broadcasting in the history of news radio. WNBF. DJ from Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air. <laughs> DJ lost the will to talk. Or maybe his phone went dead. Vinny from Binghamton, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, Bob, I wanted to talk about gas prices real quick, but um, what I wanted to say was, uh, you know, I, I about the Star Spangled Banner. Again, this this is one of those things where uh, it's it's really up to interpretation because I've heard many people, I've heard the Star Spangled Banner for years and years, but I'll tell you, that rendition that Whitney Houston did at the Super Bowl is incredible. That was a heck of a rendition of ours, and that that there was a lot of tears in that crowd. A lot of tears. That's a heck of a rendition of Star Spangled Banner. I'll leave that part there. I just opened my paper. I'm reading the morning paper, and uh, gee, look at our, our the uh, UN chief criticizes the grotesque greed of oil companies, and he goes into detail. and And this is again, this is my point that I've been trying to make, and I'm sure others feel the same way. We've gone through COVID. 
for so long, we've had to cancel vacations. Restaurants have closed. Businesses have closed. Air travel. Masks we've had to go through. Our loved ones dying. Seeing relatives. Things have had to change. A lot of people that have friends, they're never going to see them again because they're gone. So right now, with COVID going down and the way we are, we want to go out and do those things so that we become normal again. And these son of a guns, who we just gave a tax break to, are going to stick it to us. And it's right there in front of us. Amazon, all those big corporations, Walmart, they've never had, ever had quarters like our industry. And they keep giving us this BS line about, oh, well, it's the, it's, it's a Russian invasion. No way, guys. Don't, don't give me that. And diesel is high priced as it is. It's nonsense. And sooner or later, but you know what? A lot of these politicians have been bought off by these guys. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Josh Riley. Who, who I, I, hey, I, I, I'm going to vote for him because the way he's running his campaign is exactly what all of us have wanted. We've wanted to keep corporate money out of our politics. Well, here you go, guys. Here's one. This is somebody who's doing it. This is uh, If all these uh, uh, people running for a campaign are doing it the way him, we would get less money into this thing but until we have somebody that's got the guts that i'm going to get out there i'm going to knock on doors i'm going to do this i'm going to do that i am not taking corporate money because when i get down there you are you will be a slave to them not the people that voted you in no we gave you the big money you do what we tell you to do and i think that's where it's been so long for these uh, oil businesses exxon and shell and Exxon Mobil, all of them, all of them, BP, triple, triple profits. I just, that, that's just unbelievable. That is insane. After what the people in this country and what the people all across the world have been through with this COVID, now we want to get out and do vacations. Now we want to go see loved ones. Now we want to go, you know, get, get our family some rest. We can get out and be normal again. And these guys come and stick it to us at the pump. I, I, uh, well, maybe that's because they don't like Americans. You know, that that's what some people would say. I'm not saying that that's true, but trust me, say if it happened with some other industry, uh, some people would say that's because they don't like Americans. I, I'll, I'll submit to you, has nothing to do with what they think about Americans, has everything to do with what they think about money. And they love money so much, they don't really care who gets hurt in the meantime. Especially, especially with the excuses that they give. Oh, yeah. Give me a break. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man, is what I say. Pete from Johnson City. Good morning. Morning, Bob. What's up? No, I've just tried to talk about the CD Fest. You going to go down there at all? I might. I just might. I might go down all three days. What about that? They got a $20 pin there. Of course, you probably can get in because of your media. <laughs> Well, I don't want to comment on that because uh, I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to divulge operational details. Sorry, I didn't say that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think it'll be pretty good. I think it's going to be great. I think people are going to love it. Yeah. Uh, you know what I like? It's I like the balloons. Have you ever been up in one of the balloons? Those hot air balloons? No, I thought about one. Why have you been up? Oh, I have, and oh, it's so glorious. It's glorious. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. I mean, it's 
If you ever have the chance, go up in one of those hot air balloons and you'll have the time of your life. The only problem with a hot air balloon ride is they don't last as long as you you would like. Once you get up there, it's so soothing, so pleasant, so wonderful. You would wish that it could last forever, but I think typically the flights run for uh, maybe a little less than an hour. Obviously, it depends on uh, multiple factors, but... Yeah, once you're up there, it's like, oh, wish this could go on forever. As long as we have enough sky, you know, with not the clouds coming in, we'll be good. Right. So I'm going to check out our two different speedy people there, the competition. Yeah, how many speedies do you think you'll have? Do you think you'll have 10 speedies, 20, 50? No, I just have one, one, you know, I, I don't need to load up on them. Do you remember what some of the original speedies were? Well, the original was Lamb. Yeah, and? Well. Remember, I remember some of our local marks like Harris's had pork speedies. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, I, I didn't know. I was trying to think if there was something other than pork, but you're right. In fact, of course, as I've said innumerable times on the program my preference always tends to be for lamb but a lot of times it's not available at certain places so given given a choice most places seem to carry chicken and pork i tend to gravitate toward pork if you know again nothing wrong with chicken and i know chicken currently is by far the most popular speedy meat but um on the other hand i've had i've enjoyed Beef speedies. I've enjoyed yep. uh, venison. I've yeah, enjoyed Harris's tofu. Harris's used to have beef speedies. I don't know about tofu, tofu but you know. Yeah. That's, you know what they ought to do? They ought to do, uh, if they go over to that one house, they could uh, get enough to do rat speedies. No, that's all right. I would eat one. I would try those. Just, you know, Mm -hmm. that could be like a a unique one-time only. Now, I know PETA would go nuts over it. Or no, I wouldn't. That that sounds sounds, uh, inappropriate. I know PETA would be disappointed to hear that they uh, captured a bunch of rats from that house. But say, if they did, in the normal course of business, and then marinated the rat meat, rat speedies. Yeah, I mean, who are we to say? They probably taste like chickens. That would would take care of some of our infestations, huh? (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, what about squirrel? Squirrel speedies? Mm -hmm. Rabbit speedies? Yeah, there's all the possibilities. Chipmunk speedies? I know one one of the two will be definitely doing lamb speedies, just so you know. (laughs) Skunk speedies, there's one, but that that would stink. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was fun. All right, well, have a have a great time. En- enjoy the uh, uh, the fest. I may see you over there. Yeah, I may see you. Take care, Roger. Gone. Uh, I talked to him. Believe it or not, Roger Neal. I spoke with him at length yesterday afternoon, and I think he is planning to go. So keep your eyes open. He he probably okay. will be there. Okay. Take care. Eleven eighteen WNBF. We. Our family, we are the WNBF family. John from Binghamton, good morning. Hey, Bob, there's nothing more disgusting than a dry chicken speedy uh, paying a premium price and taking that first bite and then looking at the people 
that are serving it at the stand, making big money, uh, makes you want to grab one of them by the neck and say, do you eat your own cooking? Uh, the, the speedies are very, very inconsistent. And the people that serve bad speedies uh, should really take it on the chin because they're doing nothing more than ripping off the public. Is this a regular situation? Has this happened more than once? Well, yeah, yeah. You were talking about, I go to these things. I'm not going to go to the Speedy Festival, but I go to, uh, you know, the Strawberry Festival, stuff like that. And uh, I won't go near a Chicken Speedy because of the sins of a lot of Chicken Speedy vendors. And one of the uh, most odd things is if you hand it back to them, or they realize it's bad, they'll try to revitalize it after cooking it <laughs> uh, with, with, with a little uh, uh, grease. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I think they, I think in the industry it's known as speedy magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got you got a, a two gallon uh, can of speedy magic to to bring to bring the zest back to your old what? worn out speedy. Yeah, and let me just say this. Price price is important in this sense. When Speedies were, and when they got their good reputation at 50 cents for lamb or, or a dollar, uh, people are going to pay their money and take their chances. Uh, but now a Speedy costs what a sit-down dinner uh, would cost. And I know everything's gone up. But I, I really question these people that are in the food business, uh, why they got in the food business and why they could serve such garbage to the public. And I, I, I just think it's because people, their customers, people that get, get this lousy chicken speedy and it's lousy, don't make a fuss and tell the guy, hey, take it back and I want my money. And when you learn how to cook, when you learn how to do your thing, I'll be back. <laughs> All right. Thank you for weighing in on the Speedy controversy. You're listening to Speedy Radio 1290 with Bob Speedy Joseph. Speedy truly is my middle name. 607-772-1290 is our number. You can email the program, bob at wnbf.com. Sometime within the next 10 minutes, I may actually read one of those emails. We're live, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming always on wnbf.com. The Illum Eleven twenty-four WNBF on a Friday morning with Bob Joseph. Remember, we're on every weekday morning from nine to noon. By the way, if for some reason you miss even one moment of the program, these programs are preserved for posterity in the podcast section of the WNBF.com website. So many people, many people actually have to work or do things between nine and noon, so they can't actually enjoy every scintillating second of this broadcast live as it transpires so what they do is 
when they get some free moments late in the afternoon or during the evening. They get a refreshing drink and listen to the podcast. That's uh, the next best thing to hearing the uh, extravaganza live and direct. 607-772-1290. WNBF still waiting for word of uh, more Gannett layoffs. Gannett's disastrous financial results, not just bad. Really, 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 really bad. As we uh, discussed on Thursday's broadcast, claim is digital subscriptions are up, but as expenses rise, other revenue streams are in a free fall. And there is a story that's been posted on Pointer.org, which is one of those insider websites for and about journalism and journalists. Um, Rick Edmonds, Mr. Edmonds, who recently was on the program. He was on July 20th. Rick Edmonds, who was on talking about uh, what's going on in the newspaper industry and uh, also with a primary focus on Gannett. He uh, has written a story at Pointer.org about Gannett's terrible performance for the most recent quarter. The media division head, Maribel Perez-Wadsworth, warned of impending layoffs. She sent a lovely note to Gannett employees in the coming days we will be making necessary but painful reductions to staffing eliminating some open positions and roles that will impact valued colleagues well there is a thoughtful touching and very inappropriate note from maribel perez wadsworth it shows just how much she cares about the people who work for gannett it will impact valued colleagues. The CEO, Mike Reed, had said that uh, their efforts to get paid digital subscriptions and more advertising, digital advertising, remain sound. But on the other hand, the uh, advertising did fall below expectations. Uh, print circulation, print advertising were off more than expected. All you need to do is take a look at your super thin Gannett newspaper, especially on Mondays and Tuesdays, but generally throughout the week. It's not a whole lot of paid advertising from local advertisers. Um, losses anticipated in future years have already been pushed forward in 2022. With consumers pinched, the company has seen some customers dropping print because of how high the subscription price has become. And that's a good point. You know, you're paying $5 a gallon, now maybe $4.39 a gallon for gas. So you look at the subscription rates. So this is what the claim is for the subscription rate. And this shows you, again, it's printed on Canadian newsprint, so of course it makes that fresh, crunchy sound, even though it's printed outside Rochester. It says, delivery of the Sunday through Friday print editions, up to $68 a month. $68 a month. Let me 
obviously that's probably about $800 a year. Allow me, if you will, to do the calculation, not in my head, but using my calculator. So print subscriptions, if you get the newspaper now available in print format six days a week, never on Saturday, the subscription cost now is up to $816 a year. Now, I support local journalism, and I do, I admit. I, I may be, I may be uh, one of the few people who actually still, once a month, I actually sign a check and then put it in the mail. I know people say, Bob, it's 2022. Why the heck do you do that? Well, because it gives me a sense, gives me a sense that I'm trying to do my part to keep our local newspaper alive. You know, Gannett, for all I know, Gannett could just pull the plug completely on something called Press and Sun Bulletin and then just put out one single paper called New York Today. In fact, I'm kind of surprised they haven't done it already. You know, New York today, maybe with some regionalized advertising, but, you know, basically USA Today with essentially the same stories we get most days in the Binghamton, Elmira, and Ithaca papers. Just call it New York Today. I don't think it would be that much different. Every once in a while when they did a Binghamton or Broome County story, they could still put it on page two of New York Today. You know? And who knows, at this point, if they're talking about more cutbacks, who knows if that's not one of the things they'll consider. Because many states have multiple Gannett papers where they could do New Jersey Today or Wisconsin Today or Indiana Today. And you know, stop the pretext of virtual ghost newspapers. Just say, hey, we've got... It's a statewide newspaper. We'll try to sell some regional ads. We'll try to sell some statewide ads. And then we'll try to cover the state as best we can with the limited staff that we have. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. All I know is it's not good for the workers. It never is. When you see the top people of a company talking this way, the only thing we definitely know is more workers will get fired uh, the cost to consumers inevitably will go up, while the content will get slimmer. Let's see, what else does uh, Rick Edmonds report in his story here? Um, okay, so Rick Edmonds, who's been following the newspaper industry for decades says, except at big national titles like the New York Times, new digital revenues still have not picked up the pace to fully cover print revenue losses. So, things just look bleak. The question still is going to be, what does Gannett do going forward? Will they finally, ultimately, pull the plug? I mean... We've had a, the Binghamton Press, which is basically the forerunner of our, our current paper. The Binghamton Press has existed since 1904. Actually, the Binghamton Sun goes back even before that. So these two papers, what now constitutes the Sun Bulletin, these papers have been with us 
for a long, long time. But the truth is, the content and the actual journalistic firepower exhibited by these newspapers, it, it's never been. It's never been at such a low ebb than it is right now. And based on everything the people, the leaders of Gannett, the corporate executives, based on everything they say, they don't know how important our newspaper is in Binghamton. Or maybe they know, and maybe they just don't care. It's 11.34. This is Bob Joseph, News Radio 1290 AM, 92.1 FM. Streaming live at WNBF.com. I guarantee you, coming up, I will read an email from Bob at WNBF.com. Stay tuned. Millions. live on your Friday morning. Matt from Binghamton, also known as Matthew Ryan, star of Wikipedia. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Hey, I just wanted to, Matt, there's been a number of calls about Brittany Griner this morning, and I just, you know, to say, first of all, people act like they know who she is. First of all, she wasn't a high pro, I don't even know, like you said, I didn't even know that she might have knelt down or did whatever uh, during basketball games, it's, she's never gotten any publicity that I saw for that. But if it's true, uh, again, what, what what do people care of how, how people protest if, as long as it's done peacefully? And what's more peaceful than kneeling down? Uh, I've said that before. But to say that she uh, hates America is so over the top, unless you have evidence of her saying she hates America uh, just because she protested. I remember during the Vietnam War, um, we were criticized heavily for flying the flag upside down because uh, the international, you know, it's an international thing for distress. And uh, we didn't deface the flag. Well, some people did, but a lot of people flew the flag upside down or had an upside down patch. And we were all criticized for it. Now, the right-wing people are doing so many different things with the flag, uh, putting all different colors on it, blue lines, red lines, and nobody says, and, and also flying it upside down. And uh, it's okay for them to do it, but, you know, just an expression of trying to make the country better, Try, not, not saying we hate the country, but saying that we want us to live up to our principles, and that's what... Everybody I've ever talked to, that's what it's about. It's not we hate America. Uh, there's plenty of countries we could go to if we hate America that are pretty good countries, uh, you know, that uh, don't embrace Viktor Orban, for instance. Uh, Viktor Orban's a, a man alone in Europe, and yet we 
what we now have the uh, conservative Republicans bringing him in, and he's talking Goebbels and Hitler-type stuff, uh, not mixing the races. And he's a guest speaker at uh, their big conference and talking about how he wants to, uh, you know, define how he should define and certain people should define uh, what se- whose sexuality and what a family should be. Just go back to Hungary. We don't need you here. We don't. Yeah. Need well, look you at this. Spreading. The um, okay. the OAN channel, which is about to go under because the OAN One American Network has been canceled by. Uh, some major uh, communications companies, so they're losing millions of subs- subscribers. So Chanel Ryan, a host of one of the OAN shows, was talking about Brittany no. Ryan the other day. Did you see what she said? No. Well, cover your ears, Matt Ryan, because this is going to be offensive. Okay. Okay, don't listen. For, this is... Don't listen for the next 10 seconds. But this is what Chanel Ryan said the other day on OAN News. It's very offensive, but I just so I can explain to people what people are saying about poor Brittany Griner. She said they're talking about exchanging her for a convicted Russian arms deal, a merchant of death in exchange for an America hating lesbian pothead. An America-hating lesbian pothead is what Chanel Ryan was describing. It's like, come on, man. Why would you... So now if you smoke, now if you smoke pot, you hate America. Okay, I, I guess. Yeah, so I, mean, I, know a lot, uh, I know a lot of conservative Republicans that smoke pot. Right, and by the way, there are a lot of conservative Republicans who are also gay and lesbian. So it's... Exactly. The, the, Lincoln, the Lincoln Republicans. Yeah. You know, it's just... Why, when are we going to stop, like, putting each other in cor- going back to our corners? And I, that's what I always, you know, I, I know, I think the caller Dave, he's always saying, I know that he knows what he's saying is untrue. I, I don't, I, I, I would never get on the radio and say something that I didn't believe was true. And, you know, I would love to sit around with some of these people with a, a laptop like that guy who's the correspondent for, for, um, Trevor Noah does, and show people like they're they're espousing. On one of his shows, he went around with a laptop and showed videos of things that people were claiming weren't true. And when they saw them, they were going, "Oh my God, I I didn't know that." You know, we should all sit around and say what we believe, and then let's look at actual footage of that we can prove one way or the other what was said or what wasn't said. There's right now people just seems to me on, on, on that side, except so many things uh, that, that are just untrue and without doing the research to find out what is true or not true. We need to get that dog and follow, follow them around, and every time they say these things, you know? They need like a truth dog. <laughs> like a dog, instead of sniffing out weed, a dog that sniffs out lies. We've got to stop fighting. I'm telling you, the working class people of this country have so much more in common. And I, and I do not disagree that, you know, if I was Joe Biden right now, that's all I would be talking about is how are we going to how are we going to help the people that feel that they're forgotten and, and not being paid attention to? Because, you know, there is there is this whole thing of elites and the coast. You know, nobody denies that. And, and I think most people, you know, want to see us. And, and 
segment on the economy today about, you know, it doesn't doesn't appear we're in a recession, but that's because all these corporate corporations are doing good, but the mom and pop shops are doing good, and those are the people that we have to figure out how to help. Those are the people we have to figure out how to reach and say, look, we're all in this together, and we want we want better standard of living. We want cheaper education, and then how can people just go and, you know, right now the the Democrats are putting through stuff that every, everybody in the country is seems like they support, like lowering prescription drug prices, all those kinds of things that the, certain people won't touch, uh, and and things are getting done. And you know, just I just hope that people realize we can't go back to when you know the the people who just want to basically destroy government and make it so and and if you really look at it those people are in the pockets of the of the richest people and they want the richest people to control everything if you go to victor orban's hungary almost all the independent media is now gone he claims he's illiberal he's more he's a he's a he's a tyrant he's a, a demagogue and he's taking away freedom of press at least we still have um, a modicum of that in our country, a pretty good modicum. Yeah, and, and hopefully we'll never lo- hopefully we'll never lose that. Right. Appreciate your call. Eleven forty-five from WNBF. The greatest program of the week continues. Tom from Susquehanna. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Bob, I, li- I just want to be part of the greatest program of the of the week. Uh, I want to just wish Beverly a happy birthday. And I hate to say it, I'm older than she is. Just tell her to keep on moving. As long as you keep moving, that's the whole secret when you when you get old. You know if you I mean? keep moving, they can't catch you. Exactly right. In fact, I'm proud that you stand up when you're doing your show. That's good exercise. I know. And some people are surprised that I spend three hours sometimes in the past when I've had to work for six and a half straight hours because of operational requirements. I stand for the whole six and a half hours. And some people find that shocking. You're not going to regret it. You're going to when when you get into your 80s and you're still moving around. You're going to like it. I just come back in from spraying. I walk. There's no problem. I was going to talk about that uh, basketball girl, but. I got on the phone and I had to listen to Matt Ryan. And that was lucky. That was uh, that was a, a, a stroke of good fortune on your part. Your timing was exquisite. No, it no, it wasn't. But I just want to respond to him. You know, he wants. Oh, we should all get. Yes, let's all get together. I would love to personally talk to Matt Ryan. But he's saying, "Oh, look at what these Republicans are doing." You go down to New York City. Today they just brought in 40 illegals to Port Authority. They're going to be getting transportation. They're going to be getting everything. Uh, uh, they got cell phones already and all this stuff. Meanwhile, you've got senior citizens that haven't seen an increase in their limited income. They've been born in this country. A lot of them are older women who had husbands that, that died before them. They're their social security is next to nothing. And then you talk about, oh, uh, we have to do this. Matt Ryan should go back to the 60s and pick up. They had one good cause. They were against Vietnam. And I was a vet. I joined. But I, at that time, I didn't think, you know, I thought, we was, I thought it was going to be a good deal. If I would have known what I know then, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, 
joint. It was it's ridiculous. Um, and now what else am I going to say? See, I get carried away with this. Do you agree or what? Of course I agree with you, Tom. Oh, very good. And, uh, well, he's also talking about all these the cities. Yeah, these big cities are run by Democrats. I mean, it's, oh, by the way, Nadler, it looks like maybe he might be taken out. That would be good. He had a debate down there. And, uh... I'm, my, well, my most people, most people who who uh, apparently watched the debate said they liked of the three people who were debating. They said they liked the uh, the newcomer, the younger guy, whose name I don't recall offhand. Patel, but, but Patel. Yeah, and they said that that yeah. he would be far superior compared to the uh, the two opponents. Well, exactly right. I mean, this guy should be out. I mean, he's falling asleep on the stand. You know. Now, I don't know There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for falling asleep during um, an important proceeding. That's my rule of thumb. If I, Tom, I ask you, if I fell asleep during this broadcast, what would people think? <laughs> Bob, I would be very shocked. And I, a couple of times there, though, I had a couple of dead spots that I did think you fell asleep. <laughs> that so was because... Did give you a poke or something? No, that's because every once in a while people say, gee, you interrupt too much, so I surprise them by not interrupting a little bit. And then they, yeah. they, they think that suddenly I've, I've nodded off, and it's just, you know, it's a, an occasional stroke of politeness. No, you've got to have an intercourse. You've got to get everybody talking. You give your opinion, they give their opinion. I don't call up a lot because I, I really don't have a dog in that hunt up there. You know, I mean, I don't know anything about uh, that much about Binghamton. Only thing I knew about Binghamton, now I go up to that uh, Vestal Highway there, but I used to go to that Kmart down there. Um, oh, where the heck is that? You know, down by the Payless? You know the Kmart that closed? Well, they all closed. No, we had we had Kmart's we had Kmart's in Binghamton, Vestal, and Endicott, and they all closed. Yeah, well, I go to Walmart now, but I really missed that Kmart. I bought a lot of stuff in K and even in Pennsylvania over there, they had a nice one down here with us. They had some Kmart. Some of them are still open, but hey, everything comes and goes. Oh yeah, everything is cyclical, and and nothing in this life will last forever. Tom, thank you for calling in. I truly appreciate it. All right, listen, have a good weekend, Bob. I hope you enjoy the festival. Thank you, and enjoy your weekend as well. Relax. You've earned it. It's 11.51. Bob Joseph at your service on News Radio WNBF and WNBF.com. Morning, it's Bob Joseph, eleven fifty-three at WNBF. Come Saturday morning, I'm going away with my friend. We'll Saturday spend till the end of the day. That's right, I'm going away with my friend. <laughs> Just I and my friend. Tomorrow morning. We'll travel for miles in our Saturday smile. In the Bob Mobiles. And then we'll move on. But we will remember long after Saturday's gone. Ah, come. 
Saturday morning. All the hits all the time at uh, your favorite talk program with Bob Joseph. And, oh, I know, earlier in the program I said I'd read an email. Eh, better get to it. <laughs> Up to the minute when seconds count. Okay, let's grab a random email. Jesse from Owego. Shenango Bridge is falling down, falling down. Shenango Bridge is falling down. Who's to blame? Referring to the bridge over Shenango Street. Thank you. Thank you. What else? There's one. There's somebody with an opinion. Really not for broadcast, but thank you for sharing. What else? What else? Oh. Okay. Here's an invitation. Thank you, by the way, if you submit invitations. Every invitation will be considered uh, on an individual basis. Of course, keep in mind... Keep in mind, I have a lot of responsibilities here at the Radio Center, and I also have a lot of other responsibilities outside of the Radio Center, so I may not be able to. may not be able to go everywhere I would like to go. There's only X number of hours in the day. Ron from Binghamton reported, or not reported, wrote regarding misters. And I heard this, too, on the news. It was reported on WNBF News that the Speedy Fest has set up misters. Ron writes, I think the fest should be gender neutral. Misters, my word. I agree. I heard that on the news, too. Misters? What about Mrs.? Are they going to set up Mrs.? Mrs.? Misters? should be gender neutral. They're going to have all sorts of people coming out. Well, I heard you're going to set up misters, and I don't think that's fair. So thank you, Ron, for catching that. Basically, as, as they say, something that I'm sure many of our fellow Americans were thinking when they heard it on WNBF News. Who decided it's okay to have misters at the Feedies Fest? Yes, we're going to the Feedies Fest, everybody. I'm going to get myself a feedy. Actually, I think I may have just stumbled on something inadvertently. You know, next year, I'll have a competing event. Feedies Fest. They'd be like, but Bob, you're violating our trademark. And I'd say, oh, am I? 1157, Bob Joseph having all the fun on WNBF. The almost set his house on fire. He used a counterfeit, you know, a fake wall. Oh my goodness. Poor Teddy. Hey, that's all the time I've been allocated, folks. I really wish I could stay longer, but the zookeeper says I have to go back. So I'll be up on Morgan Road for the weekend. Well, of course, I'll be down at the fest probably, too. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.